Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome back to another Breakdown bonus episode. Today, I'm joined by Jessica Hutchison from the Honest Women podcast. Hello, Jessica. Hello, good to be here. Love having you on. Your podcast is so great, so relatable. I love how you and your co-host just have such real conversations about therapy without it being like therapy jargon. It feels so honest and real. So I'm so happy to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me. That is the whole point. We cannot <laughs> stand like the panel of expert on so many podcasts and we just didn't want to be those. So we show up as pretty honest women as the tagline goes, but we're having a, an honest conversation. If you will about casual relationships and also starting like, you know, your sexual debut as a young person. And like I told you a little bit earlier in these bonus episodes, we can get very therapy with like talking about narcissists and stuff. And I forget that I have a whole sector of my demographic that is these young, impressionable college age women. And on this week's main episode, we had a story about a girl who said, you know, started a relationship with this guy, lost my virginity to him. And I thought there's a whole slew of topics that we could cover with this. How do you handle your mental health when you start diving into this new side of romance? You know, it's not like the the squeaky clean high school days. It's like it's college and it's way different. Why don't you tell me from like a mental health standpoint, from like a therapist standpoint, how would you know you're quote unquote ready for your first sexual encounter. It's funny when you say from like a mental health therapist, because every part of me wants to say it's different for everybody when you're ready. And I think a lot of it is it goes down to just who you are as a human and intentions, right? What am I intending on? What am I expecting here? And when we look at mental health in general, I could go all day on expectations and how expectations or lack thereof or setting unrealistic expectations for this sexual experience or what I'm going to be thinking or feeling sets us up for failure. 100%. And what was always told to me growing up that I think is a really great benchmark is if you have to ask yourself if you're ready, you're probably not ready. Because I feel like so many girls, especially me growing up, because I mean, college wasn't super long ago for me. A lot of my peers felt very pressured to do it to please their partners. Like, oh, I just got, he, he's already done it. So if I don't do it, then, you know, I'm not keeping up with him. What would you tell young women who kind of are starting to feel that pressure? This is one thing that has not changed. I'm, I'm older than you, right? I'm going be 41 next month. But one thing that has not changed is the pressure that women feel in relationships to go further than they may be willing to or wanting to. Let me go and just talk really quick about brain and like be real boring for a second. High school age, even college age, you do not have impulse control. We do not have that part of our brain developed yet. So often, it's about impulse. We just end up doing something that we don't logically think we're ready for. Throw a little bit of alcohol in the mix and everything goes out the door. So I say, if you're going to put yourself in a situation with somebody that you are attracted to and it may go a step further, be careful with the alcohol because you're just going to screw your, well, <laughs> screw yourself <laughs> or somebody else, right? <laughs> done, done. Didn't even mean that piece of it. But at the end of the day, if a male or female, right, whatever relationship, they're going to wait. Let me tell you that. It, it's just hands down. It's true. I don't care how old I am or what generation I'm from. When somebody truly cares about you, 
loves you, respects you. Yeah, they may put a little pressure because they're horny and they <laughs> want to have sex. But at their, if they respect you and love you, they'll wait. Do not give it up before you're ready. You will regret it. And I don't want you to have that kind of regret. Especially with like a college uh, ugh, college boy. And I can't speak to what it's like to sleep with women. Unfortunately, I am attracted. I to can't them. either. <laughs> but I, I look back on some of the guys that I was like so obsessed with and was so just so wanted them to like me. And I would do whatever it takes to get them to give me their attention. And I just look back and I'm like, these were like little weasels, just little drunken weasels scampering around the college campus. And it's so funny having that hindsight. But around that age, I feel like people are starting to play around with hookup culture, whether it's a good thing for them or a bad thing for them, especially with women. Some people have a better time handling hookup culture. So if somebody's, you know, thinking about dipping their toe in more casual relationships as they're getting older and becoming an adult, what are some good questions to ask themselves before they decide to maybe try out having a more casual relationship if that's what they're not used to? Okay, I'm going to go a little personal here. So I'm going to step off off my expert kind of expert hat here. I never had a one night stand in college. Now, let me go ahead and put it out there. It's not because I'm some high and mighty. I think I'm better than anybody else. I knew I would not be able to deal with the fallout that came after it. I just knew that. Now, my roommate at the time, my senior year, she was the queen of one night stands and hookups. And I remember having a conversation with her and being like, how in the world can you just do this? Like, I was really envious and intrigued by it. She's like, I don't know. It's just sex. It's just sex for me. There's no emotional component to it. For me, it would have been emotional. It's just how I'm wired. And I think for a while, I questioned that, like, what's wrong with me? Or am I too sensitive? Or, hey, I want to be one of those like free women out there who can just go have sex. Believe me, I like really want to do. But I also like to wash my face and go to bed at the end of the night. So (laughs) that kind of impacted too. But I think you have to be able to remove emotion from it, which stereotypically is harder for women to do. But if you have this idea that I'm going to hook up with this guy All of a sudden, he's going to fall in love with me. We're going to live happily ever after. Let me tell you, the chances of that happen are probably 0.001%. Is there a chance? Sure. But it's really, really small. You have to be able to say it is strictly sex. It's a behavioral act. I'm going to kick him out of my room, out of my bed when I'm done and be okay with it. And you really have to get serious with yourself and ask hard questions Am I going to be able to separate out the emotion? And if you can't, like I couldn't, nothing is wrong with you. You just might want to be careful in this whole hookup culture that we got going on that, to be fair, has been going on for a lot longer than just a few years. It's just gotten a lot more diverse with the Internet. (laughs) I'm like you. Back in college, I was a wild party girl for a couple of years, but hookups were just something I knew. I knew that about myself. I'm like, I am a lover girl. Like this guy is going to give me some googly eyes and I'm going to think I'm going to plan my Pinterest board wedding to him. And (laughs) he doesn't want that. I don't want that. So I know I got to like count myself out of that. But something that's so hard for people who are able to engage in it is having to set boundaries because it's an environment where I don't think people put those two words together. Hookup feels so free and fun and casual. And then boundaries feel so prudish in a way. So how can somebody set healthy boundaries for themselves, like emotionally or physically, so that they don't 
end up crossing boundaries that they're not comfortable with. Be careful who you bring home. Be careful who you go home with. Be careful just anything that happens in a social setting. And that was something I feel like a lot of us have learned the hard way bringing somebody home with us that we are not intending to have sex with and it could get taken a step further. I've been in that situation. I was in that situation. It's horrible to be in. It is okay to say, I don't want you to come home with me. That is okay to set that boundary. Now, I will say that some of the young women I work with have set that boundary and man, some of these men have some choice words that I can't say. I I don't know that I've heard some of these choice words, but I'm like, okay, so those things that they say back to you when you say, I don't want to come home with you or you're not coming home with me. Well, there you go. Thank God you did not bring them home. It's also okay. I think nowadays everybody's very upfront with things a lot more with the internet and dating sites. It's okay to also put out there. Listen, if you're looking for a hookup, that's not me. There's lots of them out there. It's not me. (laughs) Exactly. Especially with dating sites like Bumble. It's so easy to just see, oh, this guy's looking for a casual relationship. I'm not looking for that. Or I am looking for that. Back to your point about like the choice words that guys will have when you shut them down. There's a, a comedian that I love. Her name is Taylor Tomlinson. And I wish guys would take a note out of her playbook because I've known this to be true because I've had this switch flipped in my brain, but she calls it the gobstopper test from Willy Wonka, where she'll tell guys, oh no, I'm not ready to sleep with you. I'm not, not ready. And then the moment they show her respect and they're like, oh yeah, like totally that's your choice. Suddenly she's like, I become feral. Suddenly I'm like, what do you mean? You don't want to, no, we're going back to my place now. (laughs) Like, what is it about being shown basic respect that makes you go, wait a second. I regret that decision. I was like, well, do you not find me attractive? Well, why, why, why don't you want to jump my bones? (laughs) Right. There's like this whole, there's a lot of things that flip inside of our brain, but for men, and I do couples therapy work, right? So I see this way further down. For men, a lot of sex is an act of like connecting with somebody. And for women, from a neurological standpoint, it really isn't. It's it's very different. And so we just have to be mindful of that and also know that like a 20-year-old boy, literally, he's a boy, 21, 22, 23, until that brain is developed, he's a horny little dog. I'm sorry. (laughs) It just is. Any of your male listeners, you can come at me. It's fine. It's just typical neurology that I'm talking about here. No, there's like two guys listening. So to them, they're not like the rest of the men out there because they have taste clearly in podcasts. Yes, they do. But let's, let's dive into that a little bit because I think, especially with feminism regarding casual relationships, I think there is that desire for women to be like, well, we can have sex the same way that men can have sex with women. So is there truth the fact that having sex for a woman is different than a man? I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 
20% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. And hooking up. It is there is a big psychological component. Here's why there will all there's a little blue pill like Viagra is a little blue pill for men. It is strictly physical and biological. They can take a pill and boom, can perform. There will never be a pill for women because it is so psychological. And that's where we have to be careful when we are saying yes to something that we do not want to. We are teaching the brain that this isn't good. It doesn't feel good. I don't like it, which can lead to trouble in marriage or partnership later on down the road. Like you said, look with your college roommate, how she's just able to to just have casual sex and it's nothing for her. What's the difference? Like what's the disconnect? Is it genes? What's the science behind women who are able to be more casual about relationships? She was more impulsive. She just wasn't very emotional. And stereotypically women are more emotional and she just did not fit that stereotype. It was very behavior based. She didn't overthink things. This is what it is. She wasn't looking for anything deeper than just a sexual encounter. She could enjoy it. Like you see, I grew up with sex in the city. That was a big one when I was in college. She could experience it like Samantha on Sex in the City could. It was strictly behavioral. She was not looking for an emotional connection or attachment to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Women naturally look for that. It's why women can sit at lunch for hours at a time and have these conversations. And men are like, what in God's name are you talking about for that long? You see different parts of the brain get activated through conversation. So for her, she was wired differently, which was cool. Really cool. No, I know. I, I look at those women like Samantha, because Samantha's my favorite Sex in the City character. Everybody wants to think that they're a Carrie and like, you know, they're the main character. But for me, I always looked at Samantha. I'm like, she's funny. She gets what she wants. She's a badass. And for women, like, let's say a Charlotte York who are mm. more emotional and who are trying to be a little bit more sexually explorative and wake up the next day and have that regret or shame. What are some good coping mechanisms for those women who are dealing with regret from a casual relationship? My best advice is to lean into it, which is counterproductive. It feels counterproductive. It feels icky to lean into it, but that's where we learn. What do I feel upset about? What do I regret? What if, What is my brain telling me right now? And that often goes all the way back to expectations. I thought I could just have sex. But now when I'm really sitting with it, I think I was expecting this emotional connection that I desire. I really want to emotionally connect with somebody else. And that is not what is happening in this one night stand or this sudden hookup. We learn a lot about ourselves when we lean into those regrets. You keep going back to expectations and how in these relationships they cannot be met or we can have maybe inflated ideas of what should happen, especially if 
women were going in with a more emotional mindset for women who are starting to dip their toe in the casual relationships or hookups. Maybe they're going into college. What would you say is a good mantra for them to remind themselves as they start to become a little bit more sexually experimental? I would say three things. Manage your expectations for yourself. Know who you are. You learn a lot about yourself in college. If you are more emotional by nature, you might want to expect that to prohibit you from being able to hook up outside of like making out with a guy at a bar. That's like standard do it in college, you know, but sexually that might impact it. Expectations for others. A lot of people at the bar at a party are looking men, sorry, but they are. They're looking to hook up. They're not looking. Majority of men don't go to college looking for who they're going to marry. There are some. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of them are just like, hey, I want to have a good time tonight. You want to come home and have a good night with me. Just know that it's okay. And then expectations just for the world in general. And I think in today's society where we're told like it's okay to have sex with whoever you want when you want, which it is, know that that means that a lot of people are are just out there looking to do it. And if you want a relationship, it's likely not going to start in somebody else's bed the first night you meet them. Although sometimes I have seen the rare unicorns come out of it, but I think that's just, uh, I think that's the outlier and not the... The rule, the exception, not the rule, as they would say. And he's just not that into one of my favorite rom-coms. Oh, that is like my favorite. That one. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. And everybody knows the unicorn story. So it does. It's just manage your expectations. And, you know, I think as women, we have to be careful what we tell our friends. And sometimes why I like he's just not that into you is because we kind of need to tell each other that sometimes rather than give the advice of, oh, maybe he's not calling you because he's just really nervous. Maybe he's not calling you because he lost your number. Oh, you should probably call him just to make sure he didn't like, you know, lose lose his phone or something. And then your number got lost. No, he probably just isn't that into you. We yeah. need to support one another in that and and like own it and empower each other versus say we're at the mercy of some guy at a bar who <laughs> wanted to take us home. Like take your power back, ladies. Yeah. So are you a believer? And if he wanted to, he would. Yes. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I would say I would say ninety nine percent of the time there's like that one percent chance that something did actually happen. Ninety percent. Ninety nine percent of the time. He's just not that into you. And I will also say, I think a lot of times women will say, well, just you know, you call him then you go after what you want. You got to go to the science of it a little bit here. And biologically speaking, like men like to pursue the female. It just is. And if it's so easy for them, there's not that challenging component. And I will have women in my office all the time being like, well, that's not fair. That sucks. I'm like, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that is the science of it. And we should empower each other in it versus saying, try to steal the power back. No, just own your own power. If he doesn't call me, he doesn't call me. Then he's a total douchebag and I deserve better than that. Not, oh my God, well, I'm going to call him and make sure he <laughs> lose my number. No, screw him. He sucks. Biologically, and I'll, I'll wrap it up here in just a minute. Bi- biologically, would you say... Because I know a lot of people think, oh, if you sleep with them on the first date, that kills the attraction. From a biological standpoint, if you start a relationship from a hookup standpoint, is that going to kill the the chase for a man? 
I don't know that completely does. I think if we're, we're weighing the odds, the odds are not in your favor. Doesn't mean that it's not going to turn into a relationship where he's still attracted to you. It could still be the best night of his life and he comes back for more. However, I think if we look at odds, the odds are more that he got what he wanted and he's going to move on. You got to rock his world. Yeah, you got to rock your world, which I don't know. When I was in college, I wasn't rocking anybody's world. (laughs) Pillow princess all the way. (laughs) Totally. 100%. I was like, "Uh, I don't need to go home and wash my face. Sorry, I don't like to sleep with my makeup on. That was me. Literally me. (laughs) I've got my four step skincare routine that I've got to get home to and my cat. Okay, it was real weird. <laughs> Any final advice you have for the young ladies out there who are starting to discover whether or not they're a, a Charlotte or a Samantha? I think if you're a Samantha, awesome. I think that is rare. I think a lot of us are more Charlotte. We're more looking for our Prince Charming. That doesn't exist, but more looking for somebody that we just emotionally connect with. And that's okay. That doesn't make us weak. It doesn't make us old school. It just makes us human. And it's okay to own that. I will also say guys have got creative these days with like the pressure and I don't like it. I hear it in my office and I don't like it. So stand your ground. It's okay to own like, no, this is mine. In fact, it is yours. You get to choose who you give it to. Choose wisely. Well, thank you so much. Again, this is Jessica Hutchison. You can check her out on the Honest Women podcast. It'll be linked in the episode description below. Thanks again, Jessica. No problem. Thanks. I feel like normally our conversations with therapists, we are always tackling like really tough subjects like narcissism and mental health. And it's just so dark sometimes. So I'm kind of glad that we get to just cover something as simple as hookups, even though I know, you know, if you have a bad experience with a casual relationship, I don't think anybody would call it something light and airy, but it's definitely a nice change of pace, especially for so many of you who are in your late teens and early twenties. I'm glad we got to finally talk about it. But one more thing I wanted to touch on before I ended this breakdown bonus episode was protective orders. It was something that came up in the main episode episode and I know it can be kind of like a murky topic because how do you know if you can get one? How do you get one? And let me be clear, I'm not a legal expert. I am not going to claim to be, but I have linked some resources in the episode description that I thought I would kind of summarize for you that if you wanted to check them out, if you felt like you might be a candidate for getting a protective order against somebody, you could check them out. But the laws are going to be different in every state. So you'll find the National Domestic Violence Support Line linked in the episode description so you can get help from somebody who can counsel you on this specifically for your state. But in terms of the steps for getting a restraining order, if you feel like you are at risk from anybody who has threatened your safety, is harassing you or stalking you, you can prepare a petition for a restraining order. It's basically a sworn testimony that is evidence for your protective order. So you file that petition and then you can be granted a temporary restraining order. Then you go to an initial hearing and then the person you're filing it against can contest it from most of the stories that I've heard in my podcast is most people don't show up to court. So most people are granted that restraining order. But then after that, there's another hearing. And that's basically when the court will rule whether or not you'll be granted the order. But of course, talk to a legal expert who can guide you through this whole process. But I wanted to make sure I explained what it was just in case there's anybody listening who's like, I think I might need to get one for somebody in my life or for myself. So with that said, hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I will see you whenever you decide to tune in next.